the blast from our past network. Supernatural, Halloween, exploitation, slashers, and everything in between. Welcome to the Podcasting After Dark Watch List, the show where a guest chooses a topic and the hosts, along with the guest, discuss their top five favorites. Light a candle, hide your Ouija board, and enjoy the Podcasting After Dark Watch List. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Podcasting After Dark Watch List. I am Corey, one half of the Podcasting After Dark team. Uh, Zach is doing his thing. As as you all know, these uh, watch lists are more of a one-on-one type of Jimmy Jam. But uh, <laughs> I got on the other side of my of my Skype call. I have Mr. Cam Sully, a.k.a. Cameron Ooh. Sullivan, a.k.a. the host of the Jacked Up Review Show. What's up, buddy? Okay, dokie. I'm not going to jack around too much, but I'm going to give you all the content you need. Thank you for having me. <laughs> oh, dude, thanks for coming on, man. We've uh, uh, we've been kind of this has taken a while to make the stars align for this to happen. And uh, mostly on on my end because of just this year has just been insane as we all serious. know and a dumpster fire, man. Oh, <laughs> for everybody. So I so I hate complaining about it, but behind the scenes it has kind of like uh, uh you know, made this difficult to for, for Cam and I to sort of uh, sync up. So this is awesome. I've been waiting for this for a while. I'm super, super excited. And uh, before we jump into the the watch list, Cam, why don't you uh, tell us about the Jacked Up Review Show real quick? Uh, uh, just to clarify, we don't jack each other off. We're just actually <laughs> uh, just uh, just that thing just came as like, let's jack around. Let's just joke around. Let's. Yeah. And uh, so. Long story short, yeah, we just basically just review just various things, entertainment. We're actually going to get into reviewing best and worst, like fast food and restaurants, you know, diners. <laughs> okay, cool. And mainstream just so. But yeah, but for now, we're kind of just in the movie and TV venue, kind of like you just checking out the cult obscurities like uh, and the the genres are going to include uh, just neo-noir, uh, best crooked, crooked cop movies, best uh, social justice movies, best uh uh, you know, outer space, uh, terror films, uh, so you know, uh, stuff of that like, spying assassins, and you know, just uh, analyzing how the subgenre evolved, and just even why, just even the various picks that we make, you know, why do they register with us? We're also ranking, you know, best movies by you know an actor based on you know their performance, as oh, well cool. as uh, uh, the various you know doing a top 10 for various filmmakers and some of those we've had unfortunately had to cut short just because unfortunately as many as much research as everyone does there's always going to be someone who doesn't you know just i haven't seen too much of them sorry <laughs> <laughs> yeah that happens sometimes on the watch list here uh i'll have a you know we'll sync up with somebody and it's just like okay never seen it but hey that's the point that's why this is called the watch list so we you know know what yeah. movies to watch and everything Absolutely. um and you have a film background, correct? Uh, semi. I, I did a lot of extra work and short films. And, you know, uh, I, I still to this day uh, do a bit of scripting once in a while when I'm just feeling it. Uh, uh, once COVID kicked in, I just kind of said, you know what? I'm going to just keep, you know, making the bank and just saving up, doing doing what they call kind of line producing. I can make free movies for this price of whatever, you know. Okay. 
but yeah, no, uh, th- thank you for bringing that up, you know, and I-, I think every movie buff should just owe it to themselves. If you just find out that some movies, you know, in town and you got a friend who, you know, is needing a composer, needing a, you know, some other background talent, needing a best boy, you know, just go, yeah, yeah. you won't regret it. Now it's not for everyone. I I, I know many who were just like, oh, I was bored shitless, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that that that's true. You do give up a whole day, you know, kind of just watching it in motion, and it's not always the most exciting. But for you know people like us, it's kind of second nature, and it's like, yeah, you know, just seeing the cameras roll in general, or just seeing everyone just study each other and as they set up a shot is interesting in and of itself, you know. <laughs> yeah, especially at different various levels of. Uh, budget. Um, probably the biggest film shoot that I ever literally stumbled upon when <laughs> I was living in LA was when um, they were shooting the train sequence coming down the road in Inception, like coming oh, down wow. the yeah. So <laughs> that street they filmed that in, in downtown LA and uh, right on Spring Street. So I was living on Sixth and Spring. So it was being filmed in between like Sixth and f- like probably Fourth or something. And oh, wow. um, so I, I walked out to go to work that day i mean i was like of course i was shocked that there was a train there i shouldn't have been because i just didn't read the the shooting permit thing that's on every single (laughs) building but after a while you start seeing the same they're they're there every day so you just don't pay attention but um yeah yeah exactly so but like so i walked out and it's crazy because of the like they did like a lot of things that i thought were maybe filters or something they i believe did like just practically because the street was dark like you know they had like tarps up and everything so it was like blotting out the sun even though it was a beautiful sunny day rain was coming down and i'm like you know i was like i know how movies are made but like this is this is pretty amazing that's what really blew my mind too is just all this you know what you think is actually shot at nighttime well you're not going to get good lighting if it's actual night you know so it's like they they do an enclosed off set and make it look like night just so they can even play around with the lighting make it more moody and suspenseful and so it like you say yeah what would you think oh it can't be that hard it's like yeah it, it really is hard <laughs> it really and, is i mean filmmaking is a is not an easy process i i went to school for film uh at towson university which uh, our claim to woo! fame it was uh uh amy schumer for a while was kind of like our biggest name but now our biggest name is uh mike flanagan who created the yes. haunting of hill house yeah dude oh, he's man. he's from uh towson man he's from my my college so i'm like we're super happy about that one he's i'm just jazzed about that <laughs> i saw oculus opening day and i was not let down but yeah it was like it, it just seeing believe it or not he even challenged he went on he made an unexpected appearance i remember like his fourth year in and uh it wasn't hush what was the like the first movie he ever did it was uh yeah, I I know what you mean. Yeah, because he did Hush and he did Oculus, but then I think Oculus was a short film, right? That he did first, and then he made it into the movie. I think so. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, I'll, I'll look it up here. Uh, but but it was just so funny because uh, it was just one of those is like, uh, where where the hell did this guy come from? And now everyone wants to see what he's done, and uh, uh, he has an unusual level of dramatic drama and horror. Uh, mystery mixed in with the suspense but uh absentia yeah he went on to rifttracks.com to submit it as a consideration for a movie to be riffed and so that was just so weird just seeing a man make fun of himself usually that's not the thing you know nah man i'm proud of what i do and it's just like 
I'd like to see you guys do a commentary for it. And everyone, <laughs> everyone was just like, wow, we haven't had any filmmakers here come on here and, you know, suggest their movie be, you know, mocked. It's like, man. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's like he, he has like an actress wife. I see there's this other guy named Flanagan who's credited as like a associate producer on a lot of his movies. I don't know if it's a cousin or whatever, but yeah, it's just like, uh, he's, he's doing good. He's he's a he's a Towson boy, a Maryland boy that's that's making it making it big. And uh, Maryland before, using Ma even some of those locations, doesn't he? I think I I think he does. I think he actually tries to, which is which is really cool. Um, and before Amy Schumer, our biggest uh, alma mater or whatever they're called, the uh, alumni. There you go. Sorry, our biggest alum was uh, John Glover. Do you remember him? Yes. Uh, yeah, he was in Scrooge and whatnot. But yeah, John Glover. He went to Towson University as well so and uh, forever he was like our biggest name and then amy schumer and then now mike Flanagan. yeah and but, several different joel schumacher movies smallville even uh night of the running man which is an obscure hbo film and <laughs> uh just always a go-to for just being the most unusual i mean i, I think he's a, yeah that's right he even plays the tin turner donald trump equivalent in uh gremlins too so <laughs> he's just always played these unusual businessmen villain roles and even just other people with unusual conditions and he's just conquered it i think he's he crushes it every single time <laughs> but we are not here to talk about maryland or towson university cam oh what are we here to talk about buddy <sighs> we're gonna talk about some of the best movies featuring pre uh, uh crime genre stars so right. for every uh jill grissom or Tony Soprano. Let's just think of some movies that just like uh, made us, you know, just are a really good just payoff to to see the actors in their beginning stages before they end up playing, you know, other notable villains and anti heroes on, you know, other, bigger movies and shows. And I just thought, you know, hey, there, there's plenty of those who just were killing it back then before, you know, they went to the second stage of their careers. So. So hold on one second. You yeah. you told me we were going to do uh, movies with cop um, uh, police officers or like TV police officers. In right, it, right. Right. Yeah. yeah. OK. Yeah. Gotcha. So so I didn't really I actually kind of went a little bit weirdly in like a reverse order because that was the only information I had. So I basically took these movies whenever I watch them. I th the actor that's in it, I always think of from their TV, um, from their TV crime role, and it could be like that TV crime role came after the movie. But I took it as any time that I watch the movie, I think of that person as being a TV person first. Yeah, and so we might we might cheat a bit, guys, because you know they might technically have played an FBI person or a gangster turned informant, or they right. might. The, the movie might have been filmed around the same time that the other, you know, show or movie came out. So, you know, we, we, we don't know how yeah. the logistics have it. So we're just take it with a grain of salt. I mean, we're we're at least we went back and looked at earlier parts of their career and appreciated them more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I do have most of them are cops. I have a bunch of cops, but I do have one district attorney. So that's uh, that's yeah, my dumb, thing. Dumb. <laughs> but the, but the, yeah, the, the district attorney, it's reversed. Like I, the movie that he was in came out way before he became the district attorney. But yet I saw him in reverse. So that's that's what I'm going to talk. And that's that's how I'm going to spin it. That's how I'm going to tackle my list. Yeah. But uh, it, either way, it doesn't. Lobster in this, but it, 
It, it, you know what? As long as we talk about fun movies, it really the the watch list, the the topic of the watch list <laughs> is just there as a backbone to discuss fun films, basically. So, however this goes, I'm I'm excited regardless. Now, now, Cam, I know you know, but I'll tell everyone out there. You'll go first, and if if you have one, if you say one that I have higher on my list, we will talk about it when we get to the higher point. Okay, okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> I kind of have a feeling that we won't. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I think you did even give me a hint, so I, I, I'll, I I'm willing to go out of order, even you know, and just uh, as long as you know, I highlight why the the role is worth seeking out and. Yeah. movie's awesome <laughs> yeah exactly so all right buddy we'll take us into number five. Oh man you're gonna love this one so uh years before she was as the second stage of her career uh as uh brenda on the closer i had mm-hmm. a very atypical uh tarantino inspired uh action crime movie with none other than kyra sedwick as a title assassin called montana <laughs> oh, oh, interesting. I feel like I, I've heard of that one. Yeah, it, it, I definitely used to see it in the video stores. Then, gone. where'd it go? And it, it popped up on Amazon Prime re- uh, recently. I was like, great, I've always wanted to watch this movie. It was like a festival darling, and then it just went to all the cable and, you know, DVD outlets. Um, so long story short, uh, she, you know, plays against... She's always played unusual roles, but this is a very interesting role because basically she gets to be you know a retrieving kind of cleaner <laughs> and um <laughs> uh you know and she, and she walks into the room the guys are looking at her like eh, you know she's you know uh you know she's not one of us you know just because she senses not only the hostility in the room but some minor sexism but they do it in a way where it's not <laughs> even heavy-handed it's just like yeah and they clearly want nothing to do with you. They and yet at the same time they fear you because <laughs> they don't know what to expect from you. And you're you're hard to read. And her partner in crime is none other than uh, Stanley Tucci, and her crime boss is Rory Cochrane. <laughs> wow, I've like I'm 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 frantically trying to f- I just found it on IMDb because I'm trying to get a a cover image on it, you know, just to see it. Yeah, Holy yeah. crap! Is that John Ritter? Yes, yes, yes. And oh. this is where. It really gets Tarantino-esque is where you got all these just colorful characters who are by daytime pretending to be something else. And really, at the end of the day, they're just, you know, career criminals <laughs> ripping wow. people off. John, and, oh, man. I mean, I'll, I'll never turn down a John Ritter movie, dude. There you go. Uh, Robin Tooney's also in this in an earlier role. And uh, as the gal who's who uh, the main gangsters want dead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, I also see that uh, Mark Boone Jr. is in it, so yes. he's always he's always fun. He was uh, he was fun in season one of Mandalorian, and uh, and of course I always love him in um, uh, Batman Begins as well. Yeah, every no- other Nolan movie, Memento as the tattoo artist, but yeah, mm-hmm. it, it that's also kind of why I picked that up. Thank you. Uh, he uh, he's not recognizable at all at first, and you're like, I should, I I think I know that guy somewhere, and uh. Paul Cotterone, my man from Amsterdam from Pulp Fiction is also in there briefly. And it was another one. It's like, I know I've seen this dude before in a thousand things. <laughs> so fortunately, IMDb is a thing. And to have that out while you watch the movie is great. Um, 
It is. I, I, I love having IMDb now. I, it's, you know, it's such a part of my life, although I always tell it every time it asks me to. I will never log in IMDb. I will never give you my email address. You do not need it at all. Oh, You're just a movie sake. database, for God's sakes. Right. <laughs> well, that's a good one, dude. That sounds freaking awesome, man. Montana. OK, it's well, a that's a pleasant surprise. Uh, and not to be confused with this other Leon the Professional inspired movie from 2014 of the same name. But yeah, this <laughs> this one is a very just I, I think mo, mo, there's a lot of Tarantino knockoff movies that people like or hate, you know. So I think if you like the Guy Ritchie or Boondock Saints type stuff, I think you'll like this one. I mean, and, and it came out in 98. So that's that's very much in line with. Oh man, what was it like? Two days in the valley or something? Like there was such a just it's all very those similar to that one, yeah. Yeah, That's a good it just one. Yeah. all these all these Tarantino esque films that came out in the late you know nineties, and yeah, some some of them are actually really damn good, but they kind of just got shoved to the side because you know for whatever reason sometimes cover art i mean unfortunately the the poster for this is not that great it's your typical photoshop heads you know uh yeah, yeah. man uh the 90s was also the death of the of the of the movie poster sadly yeah that and vhs and just mm-hmm. then just kind of just like what you could do then you can't do now it's really shoddy to look at now at how so much of the ones that you see on the uh uh, on just when DVD was first becoming a thing, how it's just snapshots from the movie itself. It's like uh, no one took photos on set. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's all just yeah, because it's like it's photoshopped out heads from shots of inside the movie or uh, yeah, exactly frames of the film. I a better movie say. they did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> and Lord. because people are turned off by that they're not going to check the movie out and it's like damn it <laughs> yeah, and there's actually some really good ones well i will say that my number five um <laughs> did have kind of a a little bit of a lackluster movie poster here and uh, the uk uh blu-ray cover is much much better um Woo! but it, but again i tackled my list by when i watched the movie doesn't matter what year it is because this is a newer movie this is a 2015 movie i believe um every time i see a particular actor i think immediately of their tv role you know like just i just jump to it immediately <laughs> so in the i guess what i'm referring to movie wise is 2014's the guest with dan yeah. stevens yeah I just introduced my wife to that uh, about a month ago, and she freaking loved it. Every time I watch that movie, I love it more. But specifically, any single time I see Lance Reddick, I immediately think of The Wire. I just go right to The Wire. (laughs) Every time I see him, I'm like, hey, it's the guy from The Wire. (laughs) Like, every single time. He's great. He does a voice in Destiny. He actually does a lot of, like, video game voices. But even when I hear him talk, when I used to play Destiny, when I would hear him talk, I'd be like, that's the guy from The Wire. (laughs) Absolutely. So Um, this, I, I, but he's great. He's always freaking awesome in everything he does. I think what's even weirder with this one is you didn't really expect him to be some kind of covert ops, Blackwater type guy, mm-hmm. you know, who, who's, you know, I guess you could say Colonel Trotman and Rambo is like, yeah, you, you either join us or we're going to exterminate you. <laughs> 
and it's like the the reason that movie's cool is because it has such a huge concept, but it's a very small, intimate film. But yet it still feels big, which is what's awesome. Oh, and by the way, I, I totally forgot, but Lance Reddick is from Baltimore, Maryland. So I didn't plan that, but it's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Did Have you seen any of his uh, recent stuff like on amazon prime's uh bosch or in angel has fallen as a secret service agent um, um everyone raves about bosch i would i actually really want to watch bosch but i haven't had a chance to so no, no I, um, but but of course the wire and of course uh john wick he's he's uh the matron oh, that's john right wick. yeah oh, shoot yeah he's the uh hotel front desk mm-hmm. <laughs> who invites them in um yeah but and it is interesting how he was doing the guests around the same time he was doing Wix. So, yeah, it's like just seeing him appear in all these cult movies. If you don't know him by now, you'll at least know him from those and want to go back and watch his earlier material. <laughs> and if you haven't seen The Wire, freaking go back and watch Please. The Wire. Oh, yeah. I, I try, have tried converting so many people into it. And unless they saw it back in the day, a lot of them just, for whatever reason, found it too slow. I'm like, really? I mean, it's there's always something going on that's just kind of playing with your head. I'm like... If yeah. you can get into Breaking Bad, why can't you get into this? I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> and and of course, you know, I mean, it's all filmed in Baltimore, which is great. And I, you know, I I didn't grow up in Baltimore. I was probably I was closer to D.C. suburbs near that. But you know, going to college in Towson, which is right outside of Baltimore, we would of course go and drink in Baltimore and stuff. And uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of that is pretty accurate. But I mean, obviously, we stayed away from most of it. But it's damn near accurate. So <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it's not even just a copper even a gangster show it's literally just kind of a take on how all these people are fi- finding their purpose in life and uh pretty much getting some karma along the way as a result you know you got yeah. a douchebag mm-hmm. cop who's not liked by anyone but he's a damn good detective you got mm-hmm. a McNulty. yeah i always hear it in lance riddick's voice so there you go um and and I'm so used to seeing all those other chiefs just give each other the middle finger just because that's just how <laughs> brass they are. And, yeah, just seeing all these politicians who act like, you know, they're not doing anything. Yeah. And then and then they have a bad campaign, get arrested, and you don't feel sorry for them because they, it's just showing them how they want people to feel sorry for them when they've done just absolutely nothing. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's so, I mean, I can't, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not in that world. So I can't say how accurate it is, but yeah, it I seems to be one of the more accurate of, uh, and, and also people say that. So yeah, if you haven't seen the wire, <laughs> freaking check that shit out. Um, all right, buddy, Cam, what is your number four? Ooh, snap. I'm going to go with another Tarantino esque movie. Have you seen truth or consequences, New Mexico? I have heard of it, but I've not seen it. Okay, yeah. So it's just another just kind of road movie with just, you know, gangsters going after a bunch of guys. And then someone finding out along the way he's got a narc in his crew. But it's very colorful. It's got uh, McKelty Williamson, you know, Bubba from Forrest Gump, who's been in a bunch of crime shows uh, as the narc. It's got Kiefer Sutherland as the main psycho and head of the crew. Oh shit! Uh, it's uh Kim with uh, Kim Dickens uh, from Hollow Man is in it. Yes, she's in there. Uh, you know, years before you know, all these Walking Dead spinoffs and yeah, all the oh, terror movies. Is she on? Is she on Walking Dead now? To, uh, I, I think too? so. Uh, Fear okay. the Walking Dead or something. Yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Martin Sheen is here. And uh, 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 oh, what's his name from On the Waterfront? 
Rod Steiger. Yeah, okay. he's in here. Uh, it's got a hell of a cast. I'm I'm looking through the cast right now. It's got a hell of a cast. Um, I like I said, I recognize the name. I do not actually recognize the poster though, or the the movie cover for it. Yeah. But and I'm looking at it now, and I'm like, yep, that is definitely <laughs> inhabiting that that era of time of yep, 1997, one year before the the one the movie we just talked about. So it's definitely got that look. The poster, although this poster is a definitely cooler than the Montana one. You can tell that, yeah, it was a minor theatrical release, so they actually decided, you know, we're actually going to, you know, give it get, a limited actually screen. get a Photoshop artist, like a, an artist that uses Photoshop versus just plugging heads and in, in floating around. Right, doing it and not rendering it. I, I think that's the main <laughs> kicker is like they, the head is fine, but they don't try and make it match up with the body or right. be at the same resolution so yeah that's why we pick it out and it's like it just doesn't look like their body you <laughs> know i don't think they have abs i don't even get to understand that why are you going to put their head on their body <laughs> when I, uh but yeah no it's a, it's a fun movie it's not it may not be deep and it might be formulaic for some but for those of us who just are just genre fans who just like just a wild ride of a time. I think everyone's going to have fun with this one. I haven't seen it in a while and I need to maybe get a copy of it, but uh, I think it'll generally entertain a bunch of people. Uh, even more funny is just seeing uh, young uh, John C. McGinley in here, Dr. Cox from Scrubs. <laughs> Boom, headshot. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man, dude, John C. McGinley is always awesome. Always. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, just, I used to... Uh, everyone wants to quote every other character in Platoon, but has anyone ever tried uh, doing a monologue based on all this nasty shit he says in that movie? You know? I know, I know, dude. I, I had a weird fascination with uh, Vietnam movies when I was a kid, and I oh, think yeah. it's because growing up in the eighties, like all the like all the GI Joe characters, like <laughs> and, and like Frank Castle, like Punisher, like all the Marvel characters, like they all went, they were in, like ex Vietnam vets, you know, at that time. So I was <laughs> I was just fascinated by Vietnam. So like I was way too young, but I like I watched like Full Metal Jacket a lot, and I I, I specifically like the second half where. It's like the more war half, you know, and yeah, uh, yeah it's it's weird. I was I had a weird fascination with Vietnam movies when I was a kid. And there's just something about it. It kind of just shows you the turmoil. And I think World War Two was hot for a while. And then after a while, unless it was a very detailed mission, it just was it was easy to get bored at one. That was just taking <laughs> a sweet time. Just people in a fortress. We've kind of just seen it done to death. And like with Vietnam, you got just again, just kind of more elements on people who shouldn't even be here, war crimes and all that. So I think that's why it was a little more fascinating. Yeah, so, no, you're sure. probably yeah, you're right. And then you throw in the fact that like, you know, Snake Eyes and Duke and, and all the, the Joes oh, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> came from there. So I'm like, oh, OK, I get to understand their characters a little bit more. Uh, but it's pretty dark when you think about it, that your your action figures are ex like Vietnam vets really and seen is. some shit. <laughs> There's even some really good uh, platoon action figures. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> really expensive and you know had i been still in the action figure craze i'd probably get them now but man oh, it's just looking at them i mean there was even one for johnny depp's character so there you go it just it was a lot of fun wow uh, looking at how like you say yeah it's like half these characters not only come from just a dark history but it makes sense why they're essentially to them being a merc is no different than what they were it's just under a different label <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah exactly exactly um all right, so my number four 
again, uh, keeping in line with with every time I look at the person, I think of cop. Um, he's aging so damn good. And Ooh. we saw him. We saw him in The Watchmen, season one, uh, uh, oh. episode one. Uh, he had a bit, pretty big uh, moment in that. And I'm talking, of course, about Don Johnson. And <laughs> dude, dude, I mean, obviously, we all grew up watching uh, Miami Vice and everything. And that's what I'm kind of tying it back into. Because <laughs> anytime I see him, he's always, you know, Don Johnson from Miami Vice. He's all, always uh, Crockett. So, like, and doesn't matter. And the funny thing is, uh, when I watched Watchmen, First off, I was like, give that man a movie because he still looks freaking amazing and he can still act his ass off. But what yeah. I but the movie that I want to make my number four pick is motherfucking 1991's Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man. I fucking love Woo! that movie. <laughs> And and I couldn't like I'm you know you see you see Don Johnson like I said in a you know, he's been in a lot of movies in the in the eighties and nineties he kind of like you know faded out of the movies limelight and now he's kind of popping back up in the TV but like you know he was in Machete he was in uh, Django <laughs> Unchained and and every time I'm like man Don Johnson's a really good actor but he's always gonna be Crockett like I just that's the first and always thing I think of for him so. But <laughs> Harley Davidson, the Marlboro Man. By the way, we haven't done it on Podcast After Dark yet. We will absolutely do that movie because we, oh, Zach sure. and I, both love it. Uh, do, do you? What, what are your thoughts on Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man? Uh, you know, I'm not the audience for it, but I totally see why it is a, just a, a buddy movie. It's a cult movie. It's got Mickey Rourke on fire. It's got... <laughs> uh, wait, not Mickey Rourke. Is it... Uh... Yeah, it was Mickey Rourke and uh, okay. Don... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No. Oh, no. I, I, I'm totally. Yeah. Isn't Andrew Dice Clay in there also? And one of the bald no. ones, Daniel? <laughs> no, I think I think you're thinking of. Oh, I, I, uh, it, well, the Baldwin. Oh. Yes. I don't think Andrew Dice Clay, though. Um, oh, I, that, yeah. My bad. I'm thinking of this other private eye movie. Yeah. Uh, that, are that you thinking? One. Are you thinking of um, uh, Adventures of Ford Fairlane? That's the one. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh but yeah, with this one, they basically just drive around, just cause chaos. And yeah, it's basically that's why people remember it, because that was the time where it's like actors got to act off each other and they had to, you know, that's how they characterized it and made it be something different. And it's like, you know, sometimes that is all you need. That's why people really do go to the movies if they just love the character that's being brought to life. <laughs> And it was it was such a fun character movie with a lot of pretty awesome people. Like you said, Daniel Baldwin was in it, um, but Chelsea Field was actually in it. She was oh, in um, yeah. a Prison, uh, which we reviewed, and she was also like you know, Masters of the Universe and all kinds of stuff. She's great. <laughs> um, Vanessa Williams was in it. G Giancarlo Esposito was in it. So it's got there it's got go. a great great cast, and it's just a it's a fun movie. But I think we can all agree that the best part of the film, and you saw in the trailers, were all the bad guys are wearing these like bulletproof like leather uh dusters that kind of yes. go up to their neck and <laughs> at one point in the movie they drop their harley like one of them harley davison probably or the marble man camera which one but they're coming at him kind of slides their their harley on the side and kind of shoots it at them and all four of the hitmen literally jump over it at the same time still like walking forward shooting their guns and, uh, and you know <laughs> as a kid when you're you know when you're like 14 you're like this is fucking great <laughs> this is awesome well, it's also one of those movies. It, it just embraces the absurdity and just it, yeah. it goes from one action scene to the next. Uh, uh, I'm surprised there weren't more car explosions. You know, <laughs> it's just there. It's like it, this is, uh, if anything, the '80s movies are why we have Grand Theft Auto. It's mm -hmm. just showing you how 
even when they don't sneak in Easter eggs, it's just all this free roaming kind of premises for a movie to just have just go one place to the next, always finding trouble. In, in many ways, they're basically a neo-Western, I guess you could say, just having a, just all these. It, this is definitely one of the highly, highly regarded uh, biker movies. That is for sure. <laughs> yeah, oh, for, definitely one of the more highly regarded ones for sure. And like you said, these guys, you like them. You actually want to just see if they'll survive. And it's like they got all these other crooked businessmen who are part of this whole scheme coming after them. So it's like, man, <laughs> It's such a fun movie. I, I I probably won't watch it again until we you know do it on the show. Just I like okay. it at this point. It's like I, it's been so long since I've seen it. I might as well just keep that that hook, you know, and just kind of keep it that way. And uh, when when we do for the show, that's when I'll revisit it and kind of give it give it my <laughs> eyes. So, but uh, all right, number three, buddy boy. What's number three? Okay, okay. Yeah, man, uh, I'm just gonna go with uh, uh, just cause. This is. Oh. Got a lot of Sean Connery on this list. And uh, this is one where it's not the most remarkable movie, but it's one that I've thought about long after the credits have rolled and been meaning to revisit. And uh, it's a long story short. It's just a, it's an action adventure movie as well as kind of a crime mystery movie. It's It's got a all-star cast. It, it's got yeah. Blair Underwood fresh off LA law. It's got uh, a Sean Connery, Lawrence Fishburne, uh, Ed Harris. It's, Kate Capshaw. Oh yeah. And she's just as whiny as in uh, Temple of Doom. So, um, uh, but yeah, it's just another one of those. The plot twist isn't the most remarkable, but it is one of those kind of just. It's kind of like uh, Criminal Law with Kevin Bacon and Gary Oldman. It's that kind of movie. It's like, do you trust the person who you're protecting? You know, and, are they and innocent or not? It's it, it's interesting. I I saw this. I believe I saw this in theater with my dad because really? I would see a lot of thrillers back in the day, and it's a damn shame. I was talking about uh, this with somebody else, but it's a damn shame that the like the mid tier thriller, the but you know mid tier budget thriller movies, they, they they don't like they don't come out in theaters anymore. Like the thriller is yeah. gone. And like, because now you have to have these monster budgets and they have to try to recoup monster money. But man, like, remember back in the day when, like, you know, Hand the Rocks a Cradle, it's probably like, probably you cost 20K to make. You know, it probably makes 50K, but it's got, you know, it's got, it's, it's cool. It's got nudity. It's got sex. It's got violence. Like, dude, like the rated R thrillers, man. I miss that shit. Uh, there was that and just the whole, it was fun just doing the whole gotcha, you know. And just seeing like those movies mentioned, uh, unlawful entry was another one. Um, and just seeing just these basic, um, you know, just, uh, you wanted to actually go to the theater and be wowed and shocked. And, and now it's like everybody somewhere along the way, just, it's like, yeah, we don't want to be shocked anymore. It's like, that's a shame. Cause that was <laughs> just fun doing the whodunit game and then putting the pieces together <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was. I, I just, I miss those days, man. I miss those movies. It, it feels like smaller budget films just can't come out in the theater anymore. Now, there's no more theaters, really. So all that's kind of, <laughs> this whole discussion's kind of moot right now. But, you know, but you know what I mean. When we get back to theaters, I just, I miss that era, man. There was some good shit back in the 90s. Indeed, there was definitely even more memorable scores and just kind of, it's just an all-star cast. And as a result, you would, remember that person from their earlier roles even more so because uh, just that all their characters had a purpose. They weren't. And now I just feel like there's just too much. They put, they 
are so desperate to get investors that they just put them in the movie and they accept the role because they want to work with the people, not necessarily because they have anything to do in the movie. Right. That's just a shame because I it's like and you keep seeing them pop up in wacky comedies or horror movies, even action stuff. But yeah, the mystery's kind of gone. I, I don't know why. I mean, other than Knives Out, I haven't seen any really movie that of recent that everyone was like, I want to take a chance on it and go see it. It looks spooky. They're, I, I think because they just don't advertise them well. Like, there's this new one uh, that's actually coming out in a few days uh, with uh, basically uh, it's another one of those stalker uh, psychological and uh, abusive cop movies. It's got, you know, Hilary Swank as a sexy detective pulling a uh, stranger Michael Ely into her whole scheme. But it's one of those, the trailer looks awful, but had I not seen the trailer, I, that premise sounds pretty catchy. And, huh. I, and I, so, I I thought you were going to go with, um, there's this new movie with Bob Odenkirk coming out where he looks like he's, oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, well, uh, and I only oh, saw, I saw a trailer for, but it was like, you know, on Instagram and I didn't have my volume on. And, but then I kind of got sucked into it and I was like, what is happening? What is Bob Odenkirk doing? You know, but it looked pretty cool. It's called like Mr. Nobody or something or nobody or. Yeah. Yeah. And it's by the John Wick creators and they were basically going for a whole crank falling down kind of premise. Oh, well, the, yeah, I mean, you, you had me at John Wick, you had me at Crank, and you had me at Falling Down, so I guess, <laughs> yeah. I guess I'm going to watch that sold. at some point. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, and speaking of, um, I think it was, uh, wasn't it one half of the Crank team um, did uh, Mom and Dad, that movie with Nicolas Cage and Salma so, Blair? Yeah. Have yeah. you seen that movie? I have. I, I might need to rewatch it because everyone just keeps talking about it. But yeah, it's, it is another one of those just, you know, there's a lot of knife play and just tension in the room. Lance Henriksen's even in it. <laughs> yeah. I love that movie. I actually had a really fun time with it. I thought it was a fun, different take on. So I, you know, in, in they're not zombies, but kind of a zombie zombie genre feeling, you know, I thought it was an interesting, <laughs> different take on it. Yeah, uh, there's definitely been a lot of John Carpenter throwback type. Yeah. movies that's definitely one of them and i, I think it's just hot uh, that's just where you come down to is like okay we're gonna use limited locations and then just uh just build up strangers in a room acting all weird and everything and uh the general public just doesn't eat it up because again they just the trailers don't look the best and so they from that point forth they just kind of really uh it just kind of comes down to uh uh what is it about the premise that uh, gets you besides, you know, hey, this is a big all-star cast. Clearly, they think there's something to be found in here. So, you know, yeah. it. Uh, yeah, uh, I hopefully, you know, if they start taking chances on more lives and all these filmmakers who are doing all these throwbacks, you know, they get more power control and then they get the license to pretty much do everything. Well, I guess if, if, on the formulas. <laughs> if, 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 you know, if theaters aren't going to be as, as big, maybe they'll, you know, studios would be more willing to, you know, throw a little bit of a smaller budget at somebody to make, you know, make, make a straight to HBO movie, you know, maybe, maybe the thrillers will start to get a, a new life on HBO or something, you know, on streaming or something, um, who knows, or they already uh, have. Cause I know like, uh, you know, the outsider that, that was kind of a thriller esque thing. And they, they kind of on HBO and made it like a 12 episode thing um maybe that's the future maybe it's not you know a movie maybe it's a a, a one-off miniseries you know 12 episode series thing or something yeah because i mean there were so many good miniseries but then they didn't know if they you know 
they made it only become a miniseries because they weren't sure if they were going to, how long they were going to last. So if you can have a miniseries that kind of uh, deals with uh, whatever topic and yeah, like you say, just have it be just seven episodes and then you want more and just the creator just does something else just as epic as opposed to, well, now I got to do better than the last season. I, I think the pressure will be off and you'll, know, you'll definitely see more creativity emerge. I, I like the idea that the miniseries is coming back. It was it was a big deal to watch The Stand and whatnot back in the day. You know, wh- whether or not they were good, it was still a big deal that you were waiting for it. You know, Langoliers, all that Stephen King things. And it seems like even now, you know, Disney Plus uh, is kind of maybe going to try to adopt that uh, one season event series thing. So, like, you know, they're talking about Obi-Wan. Kenobi's only going to be just one season, just like kind of a one and done. And I'm sure they're going to want to... Yeah, it does, and I'm sure they're going to try to like drop the, the 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 word season, try to get rid of that moniker, you know. Um, and uh, but I like that. I like that idea. I think it gives you more. I, I think you can get bigger names and bigger actors if you're like, look, we're not going to lock you into like a five season deal. This is just a basically just a big movie that we're going to lock you in for. I think we they can get some bigger talent doing that. Absolutely. They become more motivated because they don't have to explain to their friends and family. I'm not coming home. I'm stranded in Toronto or Atlanta in my trailer and I'm bored. Or or I'm buying a home in Toronto because I'm on this hit show that's been on for 10 years and we film in Toronto, you know, (laughs) (laughs) like every CW show and every actor pretty much has a home up up there, you know. Totally. And it's it's really (laughs) it ain't it ain't stupid. No, no. And there's plenty of them who, you know, I'm an actor, so therefore I can be a good businessman. I can be selling all these homes. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> money off the side. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I I hope there's more miniseries that come out. Um, uh, more or less, uh, uh, I'm definitely seeing some bigger names. Um, another one I want to mention that I think uh, has just so many names Um uh, is uh, the another Connery film, uh, The Presidio? Oh, okay. Is this uh, is this your number two? Yeah. I'm oh, on. oh, shoot! I haven't done. All right, hold on one second. I haven't done my number three yet. Give me one <laughs> second. So oh. my number three, um, and this is what uh, you know. I kind of reversed it. Uh, well, Law and Order. You know, obviously everyone sees Law and yes. Order. Never dun, really dun. kind of done done. Never. I didn't watch it too too much, but you know, you don't turn it off when it's on. You're like, okay, cool. Um, Every time I saw Michael Moriarty, I was like, eh, he's he's whatever. And then, you know, Zach introduced me to Larry Cohen's The Stuff. Stuff. And I was like, I think I think the reason I love that movie and Michael Moriarty's character in that movie is because I had such a different image of him in my head for a long time. I, I mean, I never noticed him. And so I was always like, oh, okay, he's, he's that guy from law and order. I, I, I don't know. He just seems like a kind of a square, Troll. you know, sort of <laughs> stiff sort of thing. And then, yeah. and then I see freaking this stuff and I'm like, uh, no, he is the greatest actor that's ever existed because Michael Moriarty in the stuff is a dream come true to watch. <laughs> yes. And <laughs> so, Oh, I don't know. I, I love that movie. I mean, you can listen to our review of it on on podcast after dark, and you'll get pretty much all my thoughts on it. So, so I don't really need to go into too much detail. But, but Cam, what what, what are your thoughts on on this stuff? I, I think it's just a. I know you said it's kind of could be one of those mystery science theater type movies. I think at least it it's still kind of part of the they live 
what I call subgenre where everybody it's not uncommon now that you see a movie that just comes out where there's, you know, someone's alien, but they don't know how to prove it. And I'm actually working on a fr- with a friend just trying to write this movie that's basically set at a diner, a Hooters type diner. And it's clear that there's an alien in human disguise. And it's definitely inspired by uh, <laughs> stuff, species, those kinds of movies, uh, alien raiders. Um, nice. And I miss those kinds of movies where it's like that just the ones that were just daring to be more than just a bizarre Twilight Zone X-Files episode is like, hey, you know, we're just going all out. We're going to be an unusual premise and the ending will stay with you for a few days. <laughs> yep. And, it, and it'll just it'll kind of sit with you and you'll have to ponder it. And, you know, maybe all the pieces don't make sense, but for some reason it's going to stick with you. And by stick, oh, man, it's sticky <laughs> <laughs> to have this much George Man- And it's going by the George Romero handbook. It's like, don't hammer it to death. Just flesh it just and really do flesh it out and then just kind of let everyone interpret it how it is and it seems like everybody just kind of wants to get stuck in exposition and instead of just kind of be terrifying and thrilling and fun Mm -hmm. and you know so like for instance hereditary has been pretty kind of a welcome return to kind of Candyman, hellraiser kind of movies so i think the markets are open so they're going to keep flowing in hopefully and just do all this moody kind of stuff and i mean it's still it's a thing it's a theme that you can still talk about today just how food is poison so but how do you stop eating it if it's so addicting to you know <laughs> yeah eat, so <laughs> and uh any had too much of a good thing uh, you know can be bad <laughs> exactly exactly it's it's such a great movie and i'm sure a lot of our, our listeners have have seen it so but uh yeah it's so much fun and still still pretty uh relevant today so that's uh scary sometimes that's very very scary but 1988's <laughs> the presidio um, this one, yes. I do remember, by the way, I, I've seen it, haven't seen it in forever. I have seen it, although uh, our, our, our pal Jeanette Goldstein is in it, which is great. That's always fun. Um, too, too short a role. She should have been like, uh, like the female lead, just helping him go after the intruders in the base. <laughs> I, I don't remember, but she doesn't get blown up off of her uh, diving board in this movie, too, does she? <laughs> 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 Oh, that God. was uh that's lethal weapon too guys i got it i got it that was great. Uh, <laughs> the, no. so the presidio i i i always kind of in my head got this confused with like movies like clear and present danger and what like because i i had seen it with my dad because he would rent all these kind of movies as a kid and right. um i kind of in my head was it was like <laughs> one of those kind of movies but you know it's not it takes place in san francisco clear and present danger is like in in annapolis maryland um but anyways what uh what is your what, what's your love for the presidio for uh uh just you know again this is sean connery just getting a cool diner fight scene and uh it definitely shows you what charisma, uh, you know, Mark Harmon has at a movie star before he became, you know, Gibbs on NCIS for, you know, eternity. But it's right. just right. So, so the connection is the Mark Harmon thing is is, the is Navy the, cop. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And but, it's funny because, yeah, you see Mark Harmon now and I just I think of him all the time as like uh, uh, NCIS or whatever. But like, yeah, he was he was a movie guy back in the 80s. I remember him being hairy. a movie guy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he's the title guy who has to be rescued in Let's Get Harry. He's, you know, even in wackier stuff like Beyond the Poseidon Adventure. So seeing him be this small time movie and TV star, he's 
the reenactment actor in Natural Born Killers. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, forgot about. I forgot about that. That's a movie that I've I've been dying to rewatch. I haven't seen it in forever. Natural uh, Born Killers. I am convinced that Rob Zombie has that movie on loop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously, I know. I know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, this is just a fun kind of just. Uh, terrorists on a base and you know peter hyams you know was always kind of an interesting cult movie filmmaker just inevitably because i mean he did all his own cinematography and doing the just these unusual rendered movies that are just fun genre pictures for those of us who like these kinds of movies uh like, like time cop for example bingo and uh <laughs> end of days capricorn one list yeah. goes on Out, outland yeah there you go outland and so yeah th- this is a why i also bring it up it's just it's cool seeing connery before he get, goes and ventures off into all these kind of mystery movies like what we just mentioned uh just cause and rising sun and seeming this kicking some ass just i haven't already worked with hyams on uh outland you know is really cool and the music's inspired you also see b-movie favorite uh patrick kilpatrick at the end is one of the terrorists so that's fun um <laughs> And so, like you say, it was kind of cool seeing these kinds of movies. Uh, it's very similar to this other movie that had Louis Gossett Jr. and Dolph Lundgren called Cover Up, which, again, just U.S. base and the Marines and just could easily be a Tom Clancy book, but it's a yeah. movie. And uh, I mean, just sit. If anything, these definitely kind of remind you of stuff like the Equalizer TV show and just mm-hmm. kind of. It was just fun just seeing that kind of creativity is like, OK, got two hot actors right now and we're going to, you know, just have this base. And it doesn't matter if it's there's not much mystery. We're at least going to have fun getting from beginning to end. Um, uh, if you look up on YouTube, if I can, I'll send you the link. There's the this greatest stunts documentary. And they even talk about the making of this movie and how oh. uh, it's just really cool how just how they worked so hard to just make all the chases match up with the other actual actor who was on set and, you know, do all the dangerous stunt work with the car chases and all. So, um, I think this movie has plenty of fanfare, but yet it doesn't get as played on TV as much, which I don't know why, but yeah, no, no one ever really, it's one of those movies. No one really talks about, but you know, I recognize the poster. I remember, you know, when it came out and everything was hot and yeah, And then some movies just like fade away. And like we talk about that on the show and or all these podcasts. It's like it's <laughs> it's, it's it's stuff like, you know, think about it, man. At, at one point in time, remember that TV show Perfect Strangers? It had yes. it was had two new episodes a week. You know, like they actually put out two episodes a week for that show. And now 2020 ain't nobody talking about Perfect Strangers. It's like some things just were huge at one point in time and then poof, they're gone. Um, I do have to say I always know Patrick Kilpatrick from Last Man Standing with Bruce Willis. Woo! <laughs> That's such a freaking... I love that freaking movie, dude. There you go, Walter Hill. Yep, exactly. His best John Woo Kurosawa tribute. Yep, and you know what? I think he does it beautifully. I think I think that's another movie that that doesn't get enough praise. You want to put that as an honorable mention since there's so many crime <laughs> actors in that one? There you go. There you go. Throw that out there, guys. Last Man Standing. Christopher from The Sopranos is one of the 
unfortunate bastards in there. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I remember that. And I think what what I'm kind of waiting for, because I'll probably bring that one to the table on podcast after dark. It's just there's it, it's only it's only on Blu-ray in like a two pack with something else. So like <laughs> I'm just kind of like hoping that somebody puts out a standalone Blu-ray of it, you know, but, but then again, I think the, I think the, the two pack is like last man standing and last boy scout. So that's not really a bad two pack. I like the last boy scout. Well, there you go. And I, I would like people. I, I used to always read back when I would read silly Amazon reviews. One valid complaint that I saw was everyone was like, we'd like to see Walter Hill do a commentary track. And he's always been pretty tight lipped about that one. So that, I mean, I would love for like Arrow or somebody to pick it up, you know, and do an awesome oh, ass. I mean, that would be Vinegar dream come Syndrome. true. Are you listening? Yep. Yeah, exactly. Ronin, Ronin Films. Come on, guys. Scorpion releasing. One of you guys pick it up, please. <laughs> we know all of them at this point. It's yeah. so funny. I didn't know any of these uh, these companies until we started doing podcasts after dark. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I would know like maybe two of the five names. I was like, I'm not sure I'm going to go there. But then, you know, the more you go in there and it's like, yeah, fuck it. I'm going to. Yeah, fuck it. Why not? What's the best looking <laughs> copy of this movie? And so I can get my hands on it. All right, dude. Well, that was your Presidio was your was your number two. So I'm gonna Ooh. do my number two, and I am talking about the 1989 Gary Graham helmed uh, um, robot jocks. <laughs> oh, nice. And it's because now and again, this is another reversal thing. Um, it, you know, so it's because every time I see Gary Graham, I immediately think of Alien Nation, the TV show. And he played a cop in that. He, I, I guess he played the same character that was um, what's his name in the movie. Right. I, I think it was just the same characters. But it, um, <laughs> uh, who, who played him in the movie? Um, uh, uh, Mandy Patinkin. Okay. No, no, wait, hold on. No, it was... Oh, it was the, oh, oh, that's right. He was the human on the... Yeah. So, oh, James Conn. So. James Conn. Oh, Jesus, good Lord. Okay. So, yeah. So, uh, Gary Graham plays, I believe, James Conn's character and on the and on the Alienation TV show, which I freaking loved as a kid. And so, every, and I also loved Robot Jocks. Again, I know that Robot Jocks came out first, but in my head, to the, as now a 42-year-old man, every time I see Gary Graham anywhere, just any mention of him... I immediately <laughs> think of cop alienation always. So, and alienation was great. And robot jocks is great. We're definitely gonna get to robot jocks one of these days on podcast after dark. But, uh, what, uh, cam, what are your, your thoughts on either on the movie or the TV show? Uh, you know, that, that's a good point. Uh, I was never really able to get into the show as much, but I recall really liking the movie premise. You know, it was even reworked by uh, James Cameron at least once. And, you know, it's just, it's definitely one of Patekin's, few movie roles you know after princess bride and mm -hmm. uh like you say yeah gary graham is you know he's another one he's just another cult actor just each time i see him on screen he steals it uh, he's done so many awesome guest spots i know you're not the biggest uh star trek enterprise guy but the once you get past the first two lifeless seasons of that show seasons three and four are really excellent and he's great as the Vulcan counselor on that one. Oh, that's, and, uh, yes, I have seen him as as a Vulcan. Yes, I, I remember that now. Okay, I can picture it in my head. So that was uh, that was Enterprise, right? Yeah, I never watched yeah. Enterprise. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I, season three and four get very gritty and awesome, and uh, after just the very just formulaic first two seasons. But uh, yeah, he's in Child's Place too as the yep. abusive stepdad, and so it's like just seeing him, this guy, just this character guy. Uh, I, I would. Uh, uh, 
he he's even in this awesome apocalyptic uh, movie uh, with Tony Todd and a bunch of other sci-fi actors recently. That's a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, I, I think that's a good pick because he's just a and he just was right for this kind of movie in that he knew how to take just atypical format and add just his two cents to it. And I mean, that's just what you need out of any actor. Everyone's like, why are they so good? Just because they know what's expected of them. They are already taking a chance as it is. So the pressure's on. And at the same time, they uh, know that they'll be appreciated under whatever unusual depths of makeup and yeah, prep time. It- it's yeah, it's sometimes I, I guess, you know, I, I know we all we know that no one ever sets out to make a bad movie. Um, not that Robot Jocks is bad, um, but, you know, it, it's not like the the giant blockbuster, uh, you know, <laughs> it's not like, you know, my, it's not the Terminator or something. You know, it's not cha- it's not changing the world or anything. It's not the Matrix. But, you know, I think I think there's a certain degree to that that you're saying where like hey maybe i can be a bigger a bigger fish in this small pond right here and just really have some fun with it and really maybe you know <laughs> chew, chew on the roll and you know chew up the scenery a little bit and yeah he's 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 always fun and he was fun on the uh, alienation tv show i think that was like two or three seasons long or something i was actually surprised that it came out like in 94 95 i was i was kind of shocked by that i thought that was a little bit earlier than than that i thought it was like an early 90s uh show but no 95 i was uh i was 15 i guess at the time so yeah <laughs> and i mean it, I, I see this with a lot of these full moon guys they they went back and forth from tv and direct to video and this one you know it's hard to believe that they this was coming near the end of the ropes where uh paramount wasn't seeing eye to eye with full moon and then charles bannon Stuart gordon and the other guys were having their differences yep. so that that's just wild how this movie got made and it still landed uh made an impact yeah yeah, it's still it's still a cool ass movie. Like I said, we're definitely gonna do Robot Jocks one of these days. So, Woo! and I love that movie. So I, as a kid, I was like, it's the closest thing we had to like Robotech or Battletech in in live action, you know? And uh, that, yeah, I, I definitely think it plays better than a lot of some of today's you know robot fighting movies. You know, mm-hmm. like Pacific Rim and Transformers, because I mean, it basically it, it just invests so it's comfortable being its own thing. And yeah, yeah, it's it, you're right. It's it's that's actually probably a really good compliment for it because it all, the movie always felt comfortable just being itself. It, it never seemed to try to be anything else. You know, if there was any scenes that were deleted, it was never one of those where it's like, like, I know, I, I think universal was trying to release it to home video and they were cutting out some of the language and uh, nudity. And it's like, okay, come on. It's PG. It's tame even by 90 standards. You know, it just, yeah. Um, and it is one of those, it's, you never know what to expect, uh, uh, but you never feel like it's an incomplete movie. There's something good in here, but it's not, uh, you know, finished. No, it's it's finished, and it's uh, anything else that you add to is just complimentary. It's just... <laughs> Uh, and and uh, as a kid, I also had a crush on Anne Marie Johnson too. So, oh yeah, <laughs> Full Moon knew how to pick those babes. Um, yeah, they did, buddy. Oh, they did. Oh man, this is uh, number one, dude. Are you gonna Are you gonna hit us with something crazy? Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> is it Is it gonna be something Tarantino esque? Uh, I'm I'm gonna switch it up. I'm gonna be on oh. your level as the uh, the stuff. I uh, actually. Oh. Okay. Mentioned this with you. Uh, warning sign. <laughs> warning sign. Yeah. 
Yes, this is a uh, this is a semi zombie movie, uh, and once again, like the stuff, it, just how it's the stuff is showing you how be careful what you eat. Uh, the uh, this is also playing into be careful what corporations you know uh, ex- play with your life. Essentially, you know, do experimentation. One person lets their guard down. Next next thing you know, you got some kind of viral outbreak in a you know factory. And and it's set in Utah. Actually, was filmed around there, and it's just showing you all these blue collar workers. All these guys are like, "Well, I don't see anything wrong. Let's go home for the day." It's like, no, you can't go home for the day. And the crime connections. Oh, you're gonna love this cast. Um, uh, It's got Jeffrey Demunn from every single Stephen King adaptation. It's got Sam Waterston, the beloved, you know, District Attorney Jack McCoy (laughs) on Law and Order. And this is right after he was in the the Killing Fields. So. Just as inspired as the sheriff, um, you got Yafit Kato. Yes, that's right. Oh, Live and let dude. die and homicide. And then you got yep. Kathleen Quinlan from The Doors and uh, what's the Kurt Russell movies? She was in two different ones with them. This one serial killer movie. And Bra- Breakdown. She was in Breakdown. Breakdown. Yeah, yeah, she was in Breakdown and Event Horizon. She's really good here. As the... And she, I think she was the, the mom in uh, The Hills Have Eyes. I the remake, so. the, the Hills Have Eyes remake, I should say. Right. Right, right, right. She's also, uh, she's been unfortunately wasting her time in some really bad uh, Lifetime TV movies, which are a shame because they're produced by Puri David, you know, another former Canadian filmmaker yeah. of stuff like Scanners and Wishmaster and the yeah. <laughs> Uh But uh, her last big uh, thing that I really liked her in uh, was as the evil mother on uh, Prison Break. But okay. yeah, but yeah, no, uh, I'll, I'll definitely give you the bigger points to the uh, Hills Have Eyes and the. Uh, uh, definitely event horizon uh, well, so down. warning sign it's it looks like uh it's kind of like one of those sort of contagion-esque uh kind of movies yes. i guess which i i love it, it almost uh, well i don't know if this is a a a thriller but i do love totally. those kind of movies where they're like a virus gets out you know people are dying i think it's i, I love those kind of things so that this is right up my alley i'm actually looking at the the imdb i don't think i've ever actually seen this before um yeah. i don't even know if i've seen the the poster like i'm looking at the poster um i don't even recognize that so it was not a hit but it was played endlessly and it still is to this day on the hbo stations and it's one of those it's just it's very easy to get into it's a tame r you know it's only just because there's gore on the, um, yeah. on the walls but it's not it never feels sugar-coated or like something was cut down, and it's it's got something for everybody. It's got, you know, again, just some action, even a fight with an axe, and um, it's got some sci-fi intrigue for you, and then, yeah, it's got, you know, it's not freaky-freaky, but it does have a very stunning score, and uh, just seeing the people kind of become just different kinds of mutant. Mm-hmm. Oh, so they and, mutate, basically? Is that That's what they do? Like, that's what uh, the, the virus to, mutates them? In, in a way, not to where they're becoming monsters, but uh, just, uh, you know, their eyes are growing red, and they're, they're going on a rage, you know, and got okay. some uh, mild green and ooze coming from their mouth, but it's just kind of, just kind of, it's basically a more realistic uh, Resident Evil in a way. And um, I, I even recommend this to non-zombie fans. This is just very intriguing and suspenseful. And it just shows you what do you do when it's all just corporation games. You know, like people are here to contain it, but it's just to cover their asses versus stop it from, you know, going out of control. And then you got the other heroic guys who, you know, all have a connection to people inside there. And it's often been called uh, night of the living dead meets uh, the china syndrome and i think that's a perfect way of summing it up 
I mean, dude, of all the ones so far that you've talked about, this one I am I am on board for. I want to watch this ASAP. And, and you're not the only person who I know who's like hasn't really heard of it. And it's weird because I I would th- would have thought it'd been as well known. And I, I think it's just because I, I have a lot to cheat on. It's just been, you know, HBO always has it on every other year. And it's just one yeah. of those unusual 80s movies. It Another 80s reference to it. Uh, G.W. Bailey. That's right. Captain Harris from those Police Academy movies is also yeah. in here. There's a serious role, and he's actually pretty cool. Well, I, I was scrolling through, and I saw he gets his eyes greened or whatever in the uh, IMDb, you know, pictures and whatnot. But it sounds like, I mean, it sounds like Resident Evil, the game, I, I, you know, whoever the, the gentleman that, you know, uh, directed those games, I guarantee you he had to have watched this and, and knew about it. Uh, that you'll sounds... definitely be convinced when you see it, because it, it, it also has kind of that doomed or quake kind of uh, Half-Life kind of trapped feel. <laughs> that's cool i love i mean dude all of that every single bullet point that you're throwing out at me is <laughs> like for me personally like a Corey thing i'm like check check and check <laughs> and check, sam waterston check check check, check. <laughs> there you go and... uh, dude that's awesome warning sign well damn well that's a well shit this is a this is a good watch list man i've got some some uh, stuff yeah. to watch but um uh, well, right. and it's also just not one of those like goofy movies where it's gonna vary by audience you know yeah like general most people on this show they're generally gonna like the stuff now if you mention something trashy like you know rock and roll nightmare or hard rock zombies it's gonna be a rough sit for some people who just don't like making fun of goofy shit like that you know so (laughs) this one i I mean i I think everyone will generally get into it now if you're expecting just non-stop action and uh you know gore effects you'll probably be disappointed but i i think most of us here just like kind of that slow build and just kind of intrigue and i i think that'll be enough for most i, I think yeah. it really will i mean and, and the cast is absolutely amazing so that, i mean yeah that's that is very very high on my to-do list uh Woo. watching watching movies for fun uh is kind of hard when when you start becoming a content producer you don't have as much time to to consume content as as i'm sure you know uh cam um, but, uh, yes. it's, so it's hard to actually carve out time, but uh, I am, once we get off the, off the line here in a little bit, I am going to go see what it's, if I can find it streaming, you know, somewhere other than, uh, cause I don't have HBO. So I'm gonna see if I can find it on Amazon prime or something and see if it's out there. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm actually trying to win a eBay bid as we speak for yep. this movie. There for, you go. For, so, uh, <laughs> there it, you go. It, it, it got, it got the shout factory, uh, released recently so oh, i mean oh they, it did oh oh it did oh i didn't yeah, know yeah. that yeah oh, new, cool. new, new interviews and a commentary so it was like okay cool how how long ago like when you say recently what is that with five five years one year like when did it come uh, out i i think like 2017 2015 or something like that so yeah it's just no it, it, it it you know shop factory stuff is gonna last a while because you know yeah <laughs> yeah they get the good shit yeah they only fuck up the discs occasionally, but hey, they'll at least ship you some free ones, so that's okay. Um, right. That was their their Friday Thirteenth uh, box set had a little bit of a problem, but you know what? I'm not complaining. They sent me three new discs, uh, so hey, good good for them. So, um, all right. So uh, my number one is a movie that we uh, already reviewed, but I can't not. It, it's it's the quintessential David Caruso NYPD Blue. I was a fucking huge. NYPD Blue fan. Uh, growing up, my dad was a cop when I was younger, uh, and then he got uh, 
let go, fired, not quite sure what happened. Oh, um, and then he became a, a car salesman for the most of my life. But when I was really young, he was a cop. And um, uh, we, he, I would always watch movies with my dad. And cop movies, cop shows were always a big deal for him. So I kind of grew up enjoying them as well. Um, and then when NYP Blue came out, I fucking loved that show. I had a huge man crush on David Caruso. Still holds up. It's still I yeah, I think that show is still freaking awesome. And uh, but every time I watch The King of New York 1990, uh, I always I mean, I love that movie. We reviewed it. I freaking love that film. But every time I mean, it's just David Cruz's NYPD Blue, you know, and I could say I could have said Jade or something like that. But no, I mean, uh, you know, uh, King of New York. And uh, and honestly, it's perfect because, you know, he, he didn't have the biggest role in King of New York, but it was decent sized. And it definitely I think you can definitely see why he became as big as he did for that time time period absolutely he's really worth seeing in session nine and uh even first blood mm -hmm. but yeah to see him in this one you know here just uh just you know playing opposite of wesley snipes willing to break the law and just bring this guy in and you know against all these other guys who are ruthless it just brings a bunch of other kind of makes even the viewer question who they're rooting for it's just a, right, it's, yeah. it's a lot of fun cat and mouse and and, and he's doing his David Crusoe, like, acting style and everything, yes. you know, the hey. head down, talking low type of thing. Yeah, you can you guys can complain he might not have charisma, but he has great intensity. He just has has it. And, you know, you might say he went into Bill Shatner territory with CSI Miami, but it's like, see, well, see, that's a whole different role that it kind of needed that because it was that kind of show. But, you know, yeah. with this. This role, you know, yeah, it demands him just be, no, buddy, I'm not going to let you die. What the, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> this, this guy thinks he's Scarface. I'm going to fucking kill him. Oh, man, I fucking love that movie, dude. And that was a movie that, like, I liked a little bit as a kid. And then, um, you know, and then, again, like I said, fell in love with David Crusoe on NYPD Blue. And then went re as, you know, when I was older as a teenager, went back and re-fell in love with King of New York because of David Caruso. So it was kind of like, yeah. like a full circle, you know, type of thing. But um, great movie, great actor, great show. Uh, I have I haven't I haven't it's been forever since I've seen it. And I think I probably watched it uh, up through the, you know, the Jimmy Smiths. I watched Jimmy Smiths. I was even thinking yeah, about throwing yeah. uh, That's good. <laughs> as an honorable mention, uh, throwing Rogue One on here, because anytime I see Jimmy Smiths, I'm just like, yeah, he's he's you know, he's NYPD blue. He's a he's a TV cop, you know, um, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, dude, uh, NYPD blue freaking rocked back in the day. Uh, for sure. I, I think people should still watch it now, even just to see because. Most of it is dated pretty well and still pretty relevant and just showing you how everyone just gets all stressed out and you got to have all this testosterone. You got to have a place for it outside. And um, yeah, Smiths and Cruiser are definitely dynamite in that. But even I like even the other guys, Zach freaking Morris is even on there and he would have thought he'd be an action star. You're right. But, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, he he just brought a whole different level to that, too, you know, and. Uh, these guys are basically all just jocks and kids, but, you know, when the going gets tough, it's just like a playground, except, you know, now they got armor and, you know, guns <laughs> yeah. and nightsticks. And to make it even worse, they got people harassing them and other creative mobster inserts in there as well that play out pretty well. And that makes up for just uh, it's even pretty awesome when they get to the 2000s and they test out the sensors a few more times, just having, you know, bullshit constantly thrown around in every sense. <laughs> How, when did it go off the air? Uh, it went off the air finally in 05. And I will wow. say it's well, a that lasted rough. that long, huh? 
Uh, yeah, uh, 12 seasons, all well-earned, in my opinion. Uh, just dynamite. Um, uh, people can say what they want about Ricky Schroeder now. He was good on that. Uh, freaking uh, Isai Morales, who I really like, who's uh, you know from La Bamba. And, it, uh, it seemed... It seemed like NYPD Blue became that show because I because like we said with Zach Morris from from uh, yeah. by the Bell, it became that show where like you almost it, it would like it would revive careers like that's what it was people would it jump revived. on that show yeah made that's you relevant the, again that's what I call just Botchko's typical format you know like just like Dick Wolf and Tom Fontana are always just showing just a straightforward angle and then adding all the unusual crime elements into it, that whole. Uh, stratosphere, you know, Botchko, yeah, is kind of the same. He's doing what he did with, you know, Hill Street Blues and L.A. Law. He took all these guys who were kind of has-beens or kid actors and then just made them in their best-known roles, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dennis Friends, I mean, perfect casting as a guy who's a bigot but has a heart, so that makes him different from all the other racists who he puts away, you know? And so uh, to even just, uh, and just all the other people, just it had that unusual sense of being just uh honest they would have embarrassing moments but it felt uh real you know the, that exactly the third person perspective was just good at just gluing you into it it had plenty of other sci-fi and horror actors who would appear on there and you'd be like hey that's so and so and like they're and, and they're like and they're freaking awesome like they would just pop up and you're like oh that would they were a silly actor before but then they would turn in like uh you know like a, just a, a special guest episode or something and it would yeah. be like rock solid because of course because they would get you know good directors for that show and everything it was just man it was a tour de force yeah, exactly and, and it, the crimes would be nutty to where it's just it felt like something you would see on the news you know man found in a abandoned mm -hmm. another person let him drown in a bathtub and it, yeah. <laughs> yeah it wouldn't just be you know let's see who got raped and who, who got murdered it would change it up and, and i'm not gonna lie to you man i can probably like draw a top-down view of like how that precinct is set up you know like just off, off the top of my head i can i can still remember just every bit of that set you know yeah, yeah. The front desk has all mm -hmm. the jocks that, who are on patrol, one of who has technically committed statutory rape. Then you got yeah. a few of the other guys who are, again, just always delivering mail or just bursting in saying, I want to talk to so-and-so. Yep. Oh, man. And oh, they just dude. kick him out of there. He's like, this ain't Barney Miller. Get this fool out of here. <laughs> oh, if I didn't have a gazillion other TV shows and movies to watch that I've never seen, I would love to go back and, and revisit NYPD Blue. Um, I do have... I do have a, I just popped in my head. It's a weird bonus uh, reversal where I, <laughs> I, lo I loved, it was such an awesome show. I love the shield, but yes. every time I see Michael Chiklis, my first thought is the commish always. I know. Right. And he didn't, I could tell you endless stories about that, how he, he disobeyed his agent's advice to not take that role. He shaved his head. He worked out in the gym you know, mm -hmm. he knew the creators, so they let him test for it. But Clark Johnson, who had already, you know, directed movies like SWAT and, you know, shows like NY and Homicide. And he's like, is that that motherfucker from the Comish? I don't want to see him. And <laughs> then eventually right? all the producers and other directors have seen it. And they're like, you got to see it. And so he finally relents. And he's like, oh, my God, I was wrong. Yeah. This I mean, he changed it's, himself. 
he's and he's perfect. I mean, so don't get me wrong. Like, I, like it's a great show. It's one of my favorite cop shows of all time. And he is absolutely amazing as Mackie. But there's always every time I see him, there's one percent of my brain that can see that pudgy face the commission yeah. you know Johnny, yeah. Or, yeah or or his uh his one uh episode on on seinfeld i think it was <laughs> season two or season three i can't yes. remember yes. but he was yeah. he was he looked like the commission then too and and so like in my head i still see that even though standing in front of me is you know vic Mackey, but yet in my head you're still the commission <laughs> exactly and it's cool that he has those two fan bases to go off of let alone like to say his brief comedy roles on Seinfeld and Family Guy and so you yeah. can do comedy I mean uh, kids can see some of the crappy movies he's been in but he it, he to just even take that chance and you know like The Shield much like The Wire you know is it might be a cop show on the surface but it's so much more you know it's just yeah. it's got even some very freaky stuff in there it's mostly a character study I mean you would not have Breaking Bad without that show I'm sorry I mean yeah. you might but it wouldn't be the same and so no, it's it's the same as uh the same as you wouldn't have Sonny without Seinfeld. You know, the the groundwork was was put there. Um yeah, yeah. Uh, the wire. I'm I'm not the wire, uh the shield. So good and it ends well too. Like I hate shows <laughs> lost <clears throat> that just kind of like, you know, you get invested <laughs> and then it, it, it ends crappily. And I've always, I know, I know that the journey is just as important as the destination, but if the destination is fucked, then the whole thing is fucked to me. And that, to me, that's just my thing. So oh, I, I agree. Then uh, that's how I was with recent shows like blind spot or something where it's like, you guys just pulled this out of your ass. I, I don't know why I even got invested in the first place because now I would go back to older episodes and be like, wow, that acting was really bad. <laughs> and this is like it, to just you you do feel cheated. And so it, it's and I get that it's not always easy. But I mean, there's plenty of other shows that had continual writers quit that definitely arguably play way better. And yeah. just because they had the mood, they still had the same filmmakers bringing it to life so they could at least make suggestions to the writing and producing staff and say, sure, you want it this way in I mean, there's plenty of people who don't know how this whole thing works. You know, there's there's plenty of times where the director's not on set, but the producers who and creators are on set, ordering people around what to do, doing reshoots, just doing a little few extra things to, you know, for the trailer especially. And, uh, you know, Chicklis is in this upcoming thing called Coyote where he plays a crooked border guard. And so I think that's cool how he and Cranston are just always doing stuff that are similar to their, you know, anti-hero roles but they're uh, they're giving it one up and yeah. they're, uh, you look forward to it and it's going to be totally worth it I mean because that's just such a very messed up topic and you want to see what would go on with that kind of awful individual and if he'll even have any redeeming qualities or if he'll again you'll just see it could be like other recent shows like Ray Donovan and Power which I highly recommend those gory opuses yeah. because those just show you how everyone's going to have even if you root for them along the way you're going to hate them along the way and then see just multiple different sides of them to where they can't even keep it straight they can't keep the public image and their criminal background separate <laughs> it all comes um, crashing down and it's, it's a great train wreck to see those that kind of format now 
sometimes the shield was too stressful. Like it was one of those yes. shows where there's, there's like five oh, things happening God. at once and they're all like lead. I mean, it's well written, but sometimes you just like, you're like, I can't binge it because I'm stressed the I entire the episode. <laughs> and I was so mad because I wanted to watch more, but I'm like, I literally feel like I'm getting a headache right now. Like I'm yeah, in yeah. this room. You're like, I need to watch, I I need to like unwind and just watch something stupid because this is just too heavy. And then when they kill like big characters and in different ways, you're like, oh my God, this was too much. But man, what a great fucking show uh, uh, The Shield is. I highly recommend that. I love that one. I I think you'll also dig uh, Yellowstone. Oh, that's, uh, I've seen a couple episodes at my dad's house. Um, and yeah, everyone talks about that one. I, kind of, I dug it. Yeah. yeah. It, oh, that's cool. I no, I, the, what I did see, what, what, uh, what I did see, I, I enjoyed, um, I tend to, if I have time, if I have some like free time, uh, not like not enough time to watch a movie or something, I'll usually like just play a video game. I'm kind of like, uh, I'll, I'll play. Oh, that's um, fine. Gotta... Yeah, I'm. I do. Um, right now I'm like messing with like uh, Star Wars Squadrons. Uh, it's like a fine game. Uh, yeah, that's a fun one. But yeah, I'm kind of like I'll do that. I'll smoke. I'll just smoke weed and just fucking play some video games and shit, you know. But I, I there's, <laughs> it, it does eat into my priority list of you know movies to watch and and TV shows to watch and stuff like that. So I'm. Uh, I do need to start prioritizing some of these TV shows. I I, I will admit. So no, I'll, I'll get and I I'm the same way you know just with anything just movies shows there's plenty of games i would like to play but i i would just need to <laughs> i have to have fam and friends pitch in and say okay if we're gonna do this let's all you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> you just you're like i just need free time that's the only chink in the armor here is free time that's it <laughs> yeah I, I would love to rent a studio but everyone's got to be able to pay 50 you know yeah. a, a month no no opting out and once you're in no, none yeah. of this and that's it's the same thing with getting a roommate is like okay <laughs> but I need to know that you're not going to just randomly, you know, be found, you know, dead in your car one day. You know, <laughs> you, you know, some fucked up thing on the news. I, we, uh, we all hope that of our roommates that we, that are, that they're not found dead in the car. Exactly. One day. But you know, something. in LA, you never know. <laughs> oh God, something. I don't be bringing, you know, chicks in here that are going to stir stuff up. Something. Yeah. You know? <laughs> some, some kind of chaos, man. Oh yeah. dude. Oh, uh, well, well, you know, you know what though, dude? The warning sign. Holy <sighs> shit, bro! I speaking of prioritizing shit, that I am going to prioritize, my friend. That sounds awesome. Uh, yeah, I, I I can't recommend it more. I I could even do some honorable mentions if you want. Well, yeah, why don't you uh throw throw one at us? So hit us with an honorable mention, real quick. Okay, uh, I think we mentioned it up briefly in the chat. I, I didn't mention it right away, but I actually I haven't, I haven't mentioned it at all. That's why it's here, but uh uh is session nine okay okay so zach mentions that a lot um everyone talks about that and here's the thing when i worked at the uh the video store i worked at a video store for like 10 years and i I was randall i was randall 100 down to being the biggest asshole that you could possibly find (laughs) and there was we had behind the register we had like five copies of session nine and and we didn't have like new movies because it was your typical mom and pop store. The only the only thing that sold or made money was the adult stuff. Everything else, like all the other VHS tapes that were <laughs> and DVDs that were collecting dust, um, uh, they were just there <laughs> to pad our inventory so we could pad. make more money on the adult. <laughs> you know how it goes. You know how it goes. So 
And 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 because um, I, you know, I'm not gonna say guy or girl, but it's the fact that like the whole store is run by a bunch of dudes. Not not one of us cleans anything, and no one reorganizes shelves or anything like that. <laughs> so like so like movies would sit in their same spot for years, and I stared at that Session Nine DVD cover, and it's a it's a terrible cover, by the way. It's not. Yeah. I mean, maybe if you watch the movie, it makes some sense, but like art wise or like you know poster wise, I'm it just was... like I hated it, and I stared. Stared at it for which, years. Yeah. It, it it didn't look. It, it really doesn't do any favors for the movie. It's no. like okay. So 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 this movie that I've completely written off in my head when I was younger in the nineties. You know, I, I was like session, and all of a sudden now it starts popping up. Everyone's talking about it, and I'm like, oh shit, okay. But you know, the it's I still have that image in my head of it. So. Yeah, dude, Session 9 is something that's been coming across my desk for a while now. Um, <laughs> what uh what do you what do you like about it? Like is it is it scary or is it is it the performances? It's basically all the above, but it's more of just kind of just the subdued kind of freakiness. It's uh, and it doesn't really get disturbing really honestly until the second hour, but the first hour is just kind of just at first you're like, okay, what the hell are these guys doing here? This is stupid. And then you're like, okay, well, okay. It makes sense. They're construction people. They refurbish stuff, and it happens to be stuff that's rumored to be haunted. They're not taking it. And you can buy into them all acting like assholes to each other because, you know, they're ex-con turned, you know, construction workers. They're just, they already can't stand each other. And so it doesn't help that, you know, they don't trust each other. So they are already having nightmares and visions of everything. So if you like stuff like uh, Sinister, Stir of Echoes, or even just... Again, just any other kind of just relentless kind of movie uh, that uh, the, the cast in this is really good. It definitely reminds me of a Soderbergh if he were doing a horror movie because, you know, because uh, yeah, it does have that kind of almost digital kind of look to it. Okay. And, uh, uh, Paul and not just Caruso's in this, but also uh, Josh Lucas is in this. This definitely made things for his career. Uh, Brad Anderson became a big genre director. Okay. And, uh, uh, Paul Gwiffle. From a uh, freaking CSI and LA Confidential is also in here briefly as one of the guys sh doing a, showing him a tour of the place as they're you know he's like the former property owner and he's just like Are you guys okay <laughs> now is it is it like a like your typical jump scare ghost movie or is it something nope. a little better than that <laughs> yeah, definitely better than that is more if you just want disturbing kind of nightmares of what uh, and just second guessing if that makes sense. Okay, cool. Yeah, dude, that's that's been popping up on on lists and 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 people telling me I have to see it, uh, especially for David Caruso. So I think that's he uh, really does a good job about him because you don't know what to think of him. Is he, you know, is he already a little trap? crazy? Yeah, yeah. And this was coming around when everything had to be like the Sixth Sense, and people were just wrecking other movies as a result. You know, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so you would see another movie and be like, I don't get the reference. I have that's because I haven't seen that other movie. And then you see it and you're like, well, I like <laughs> this movie or that movie. I don't want to mess with this damn fan base because this is already pretty complicated being a fan of anything at this point. Um, <laughs> uh, if there's anything else, uh, that there's definitely a bunch of other ones. Uh, uh, Manhunter is a good one if you like Will yep. Peterson, Dead yep. Bang for Don Johnson. Yep. Up for Justice, if you want to see uh, pre, uh, Lenny Briscoe himself, Jerry Orbeck, you know, <laughs> uh, mouth off at Steven Seagal. That's pretty fucking awesome. Uh, Training Day, 
you has... know what's funny? You said uh, you said Deb Bang, and yes. immediately in my head, uh, Dead Calm popped into my head. Um, <laughs> and because the poster for Dead Calm was on the back of comic books, like Marvel Comics, back in you know whenever that came out, eighty something. And I still remember seeing posters or pictures of you know full page ads for Dead Calm in like my Punisher comic, and I'm like, what? And so like it's forever like imprinted in my head, and yet I've never seen it. Yeah, Dead Calm is definitely another one of those. It not many have seen it, but its influence is felt in many. You know, like that's the one they go to when they run out of Fatal Attraction, basically instinct. Uh, you know, a hand that rocks the cradle type tropes. Yeah. They, they go back to that one because that and unlawful entry, they're not as seen by as many, but they have that special psycho that makes any other psycho movie really, really a treat. And uh, yeah. Uh, speaking of that, uh, there's a wonderful noir film that I can't recommend more called Slow Burn with uh, Ray Liotta. Oh, okay, okay. I th- I think I recognize that one. And when you when you rattled off a few of the ones uh, just previous, I'd probably seen about I think about half of what you were uh, which ones you were saying. No. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah so no that's it's uh, it's it's, uh, it's it's interesting you know doing doing these shows because you know everyone no one's seen every movie well there it's probably hard. are there are some people <laughs> but a handful of people but they it's the rest of us yeah services, they <laughs> exactly but like us you know like the the normal people normal joes you you know you latch on to something i latch on to something and but that's the cool thing because then we can talk about it and then i learn movies to go see and then maybe you'll learn a movie to go see and you're like cool i'll go check that one out that's that's <laughs> the fun i mean where's the fun if we've if we've seen every single thing you know exactly and uh, then you know eventually you've seen it but you got to rewatch it to say hey maybe i'll like it even more or even yeah. i didn't like it but now i you know time yeah, to so i mean <laughs> so some sometimes you you can't discount uh the the the, you know, people look at movies and what they think about them is all kind of based on the movie itself and the moment that you're watching it and what's unfolding. Some movies like Hereditary, you have to take into account like what they left you with, you know, or, or what they took from your soul, you know, and, and you know, you're and, and just, yeah, the memories that you're left with. It. And that's that's fun sometimes, too, when you revisit something, you're like, oh, that wasn't as bad as I remember. Or you're like, oh, this is actually better than I remember. Some movies, you know, some movies get better with each viewing and it's like, holy shit. I thought I liked it before, but I actually like it more now. It's actually really sad uh, how many, uh, basically, for lack of a better word, just uh, how often our memory fails us. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, like, it, what? And that's why witnesses. That was that, awful, what? right? <laughs> and also, it, it depends on like your your, your age and your mood when when you see it. I mean there's been times where I've seen a movie that I wasn't I was like eh just wasn't the mindset for and then you go back and watch it like 10 years later and you're like eh, I don't didn't like it then you're like oh shit what was I what was I thinking like what was wrong <laughs> with me you know 10 years ago when I saw this movie's fucking rocks you know it's also just possible to just like a movie you just don't like it as much as everyone else but you can respect it and that's the all I ask is like, can I respect some element of it at the end of the day, or is it just I don't get it and I just really don't like it, but and I'm failing to understand, you know, <laughs> and really just anything that's just being experimental where there's not much of anything really happening and it's just endless scenery. That's that's the one that just turns me off. And so it's been really hard to watch some of these art house movies because, you know, they're ruined by the Oscars or something, or just someone uh, just does is. 
uh, it just doesn't know how to explain it. You're like, you just got to see it. I'm like, well, I, if I'm going to take your suggestion seriously, I need some somebody to buy into, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and then, and then sometimes you go see it and you're like, but I still don't see what the big deal I is. I don't get it. Why? <laughs> and it's not it's not even like a David Lynch type movie. It's just one of those. It's like, seriously, what the hell happened? I just felt like someone just wanked off and just I got cheated out of, you know, two hours of just someone just walking around stating the obvious. I, I didn't get anything. Yeah, that's uh, those are the moments that you want the time machine so you can go back in time and please give me my time back. Please. Oh, dear God. Thank God but, for streaming, though. You can just go. You can that 20 minutes can become one minute. Yeah, there you go. Uh, but but you know what? I don't want to take any of my time back from this conversation, dude. This was, this was fun, man. It, and like I said, it, it took a, it was a long time coming, but I'm happy as hell that we uh, we finally got to sync up on this. Anytime, and, man. Anytime. Dude, I I love I love the the movies you brought to the table, man. I I really did. Or or they sound good to me. So uh, well, I, and I try to be diverse. I, I don't try to just be holed up into one thing. I just say, hey, you like this one? I think you like that one. And, okay. And most people will just generally just stand in one corner. And it's like if all you're mentioning are just superhero movies or just you know again hardboiled mystery movies or again just haunted house movies, then it just becomes very generic. You got to have a yeah. diversity. And uh, I've had to do the same thing on my podcast. I have. Uh, just where people are like, oh, I don't like that kind of movie. It's like, yeah, but could you talk about it, you know, for an endless amount of time, you know, and it'd be cool to have, you know, uh, just as many one out of five star reviews as we would, you know, four out of five, just because we want to see what we want to understand why certain franchises just differ, vary by crowd, you know? Yeah. 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 That's that. I, I love that shit. And, and what is, uh, can you tell us your podcast again? Let everyone know what, where they can yes. find you and what okay. it is. Uh, Jacked Up Review Show is on Spotify, Anchor, uh, Podbean, and more, and uh, Apple, and it's just been a delight just kind of just getting various other people, uh, even from other review sites and formerly of other podcasts, like I have Erica Wright of My Horrific Life, uh, Anthony Francis of Widescreen, and uh, uh, various other people from websites like uh, the Action Elite and... uh, yeah, even bigger Mystery Science Theater fans who I've known for a while on Facebook. And I just said, hey, you know, we're joking, sharing all these memes. Why don't we just get together and talk? And so it just that it, it was a rough it, it was a pretty easy start. And it had a little rough in between during some transitions as Corona was getting worse. But uh, it kept getting better because I just started saying, OK, you know, uh, don't get too comfortable. Just keep reaching out to different people and just feel free to even change the format once in a while. And because that's kind of why people like to listen to stuff. They uh, are kind of like me. They just like you sync up your music before you go driving anywhere. You, it's also good to you know this is radio that you take anywhere with you. So yep, I know. I love I love podcasts, man. I'm that's honestly, uh, and I tell people like we talk about like not having time to really watch TV shows and stuff. It's honestly it's because at one point a couple of years ago I kind of made the conscious effort to listen like podcasts are my entertainment of choice and i'll listen to everything from you know film stuff to like paranormal stuff to you know of course last podcast on the left and then listen to like star wars stuff and you know so i and honestly that's where i get all of my you know not news but like that's my entertainment is is uh podcasts i I listen 
all day long while, uh, you know, I'm either cleaning the apartment or doing something around the house. And then if I got to work on my stuff, but if, if I don't have to like edit my own stuff or watch something, then I probably have my headphones in listening to podcasts. Absolutely. It, it, and there's just so many, just the back and forth. I mean, I love hearing you guys in the car podcasting after dark. And I also like cinema psyops, which is another one. <laughs> There's just there's so many it's there's the, like like TV show content and movie content on all the different streaming services. There are so many awesome, awesome podcasts out there nowadays. But I hope everyone goes and checks out yours. I'll have uh, I'll have all Thank the you. links. Um, every, every link that you need will be in the show notes. Okay. So guys oh, and gals, check that out. Yeah. And uh, please, in Instagram too, uh, Cam, the, well, I'll put your your social media stuff in, in, in the notes as well. So go go follow Cam on, on everything. He's a great dude. He's very, very knowledgeable. Uh, a lot of fun to talk to. Knows a shit ton oh, about movies. So <laughs> You're like Zach. You and Zach just know so much about movies and are like walking encyclopedias. Uh, we were doing the same thing. We had bootleg cable and we just uh, we just resonate with movies. We were struggling with, you know, high school and friend making and just like, I don't know why, but there's this thing about a screen and it says a lot about me as it does what's on the screen. And it's just that weird vibe is like... Uh, Pop culture is a thing. I mean, but unfortunately, most people now, they want to just kind of just reference stuff, but there's no essence to the reference. It's right. like, why yeah. why are we saying this or that and putting in this? You know, like, so the same thing with the video games. When you're saying a certain line, you know, when someone fucks up, you say something like, oh, someone here is being a little uh, Leroy Jenkinson. <laughs> Everybody gets that because it's like, that's yeah. symbol. That's the total representative of someone who's not doing good at their job. <laughs> they just cost you your Fortnite gaming or your <laughs> whatever. Uh, yeah, Call of Call of Duty or Battlefield <laughs> map has has to be reset because you've been they've been debugging your body <laughs> because you got Leroy Jenkins. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jenkins good reference. Oh. <laughs> good reference, buddy. Oh. oh man. Well, Cam, this was this was freaking awesome. Thank you so much for being oh, on the show. Thank you. Really Thursday. appreciate it. So, <laughs> and uh, as always, guys and gals, uh, I'm Corey. And uh, for Zach and Podcasting After Dark, we'll catch you on the dark side. Yeah. Join the Podcasting After Dark Patreon community to unlock exclusive monthly content like cast interviews and a fan feedback show. Plus, you get every regular episode of Podcasting After Dark completely ad-free. You can also support the show by rating and reviewing us five stars on Apple Podcasts and by recommending us to your friends. Finally, make sure you follow us on Reddit, Instagram, and Facebook for news and updates about future episodes. Just search for Podcasting After Dark.
would tell anybody outside the family what you're thinking again. I was not expecting that. After you've scrubbed all the floors in Hyrule, then we can talk about mercy. Take him away. No! Ship sails in the morning. I wonder what's for dinner. It's a chapter review show. It's a chapter review show. Chapter review show. It's a chapter review show. Join your host, Cam Sully, each week as he chats with special guests to discuss many an insane movie and numerous cult TV phenomenons.